Hi, everybody. This is Kara Fitzgerald. New Frontiers in Functional Medicine is here every month, bringing you the best minds in functional medicine. And we would not be able to do this over the years without the generous contributions from our sponsors. Biotics Research. For four, over 40 years, the foundations of biotics research has been innovation and quality. Their goals remain unchanged. Innovative ideas, carefully researched concepts, and product development with advanced analytical and manufacturing techniques. Biotics nutritional products are of superior quality and effectiveness and available exclusively to healthcare professionals. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com. Integrative Therapeutics is focused on inspiring a better lifestyle through better health by providing meticulously formulated nutritional supplements and valuable resources. Integrative Therapeutics promises to enrich your patients and embolden your practice. Welcome to your Integrative Therapeutics. Find them at integrativepro.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. Before I jump into my conversation with the amazing and wonderful Dr. Terry Walls, I just want to give a shout out to our two big sponsors that make this podcast possible for me, you know, day in and day out, month in and month out, year in and year out. And that is Rupa Health and Biotics Research two companies that I love and I want to give them a particular shout out today because I recently got to hang out with both of them at the A4M in Vegas where they kindly distributed both of my books. They're way over there, the Younger You book, which hopefully you're familiar with, but also the companion cookbook, um, Better Broths and Healing Tonics. I am most grateful to these companies for both being great companies and doing really good work and sponsoring our podcast. So Without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Dr. Walls. Of course, she doesn't really need an introduction, but um, I will tell you about her anyway. Uh, Dr. Walls is an IFM certified practitioner. Uh, she's clinical professor of medicine at University of Iowa, where she conducts clinical trials in the setting of multiple sclerosis. In 2018, she was awarded the Institute for Functional Medicine's Linus Pauling Award for her contributions in research, clinical care, and patient advocacy. By the way, I voted for you big time for that award. I really, well, thank wanted, you. You, I really wanted you to get it. She's the author of The Walls Protocol, A Radical New Way to Treat All Chronic Autoimmune Conditions Using Paleo Principles, and the cookbook, The Walls Protocol, Cooking for Life. Learn more about her current studies patients. If you're interested or individuals, if you, if you are interested in joining, follow these links clinicians, if you are open to promoting her studies through your social channels and to your patient base, I know Dr. Walls would be most, most grateful. So learn about her study, Efficacy of Diet on Quality of Life in Multiple Sclerosis at uh, walls.lab.uiowa, that's University of Iowa.edu. Of course, this information will all be in the show notes for this podcast. Pick up a one-page handout for the Walls Diet at terrywalls.com slash diet. Again, Dr. Walls, welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine. Hey, thanks for having me. So we've talked before. We've talked actually on many occasions over the years, and it's always nice to have you back. You're always up to something really cool. Um, 
And I want to pick your brain. I want to pick your brain on your latest and greatest thinking around MS. And I also want to ask you how things have changed since we first talked, since you first started this research. Mm -hmm. But we can't, I think, have a good conversation without going back in your story and talking about your own recovery journey um, from MS and trigeminal neuralgia. So can you give us a little bit of your background and your journey? And then we'll jump into where yeah. you are today. So you know, before uh, getting to medical school, I um, was an athlete. I competed nationally uh, in Taekwondo, uh, full contact free sparring, had several concussions. Uh, because you got points for kicking people in the head. Uh, and, you know, were those concussions part of what increased my risk? Yeah, probably. Uh, and uh, in medical school, I uh, followed a low-fat uh, diet. Um, and my symptoms began during medical school, uh, episodes of electrical face pain. Uh, and then seven years later, I had an episode of dim vision. Uh, 13 years later, so after 20 years of trigeminal neuralgia, I had uh, leg weakness, uh, saw a neurologist, uh, and the diagnosis of relapsing remitting MS was made. Uh, I had uh, two relapses. So really, my course was much more of a progressive MS. And within three years, I'm in a tilt recline wheelchair. I take mitoxantrone. I take um, Tizabri. I continue to decline. I, and uh, that's when I go back to reading the basic science and decide that mitochondria drive disability uh, and are, are the big driver for progressive forms of the disease. Uh, so I develop a uh, supplement cocktail, which uh, does slow my decline, helps me just you know a tiny bit. And then I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. Let me just, let me ask you, I want to, I want to hear all of this, but I want to, A, how old were you when it really kicked in? And then B, what was the supplement co cocktail that helped a little bit? So, you know, I, I was uh, 23 when I first started having symptoms. I'm uh, 45 when I'm diagnosed. Uh, and uh, when I'm 48, I'm in the short recline wheelchair. Uh, in the things I start adding, uh, uh, coenzyme Q, uh, B vitamins, uh, methylfolate, well, uh, B vitamins. I, I didn't know to methylate them yet. Uh, so uh, it was uh, just B vitamins. Uh, creatine, carnitine. Uh, and it was those four things that, you know, in at first, I, I couldn't really see any difference. Uh, and so after six months, I said, uh, this is a waste, and I stopped them. Uh, and then I could not get out of bed. Wow. So for the first 24 hours, I was okay. But at 36 hours, I, I couldn't get up and go to work. Um, now, mind you, I, I have severe fatigue. I'm in a zero-gravity chair at work because um, it's, it's getting harder and harder to set up. Um, but I don't have any mental fog, brain fog. So... I, you know, I'm still going to work uh, and functioning well. Um, but again, 36 hours without my supplements, I, I, I didn't feel I could drive to work. Uh, and then after 72 hours, uh, Jackie comes in and says, you know, honey, I want you to try taking your supplements again. Uh, and so I, I took them that evening and the next morning. I was like, well, I think I'm back to baseline. And, and so, yeah, I'm still exhausted, but I realized, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. So two weeks later, I stop everything. 
And again, for the first 24 hours, I'm okay. But at 36 hours, I am not. Uh, and I wait 72 hours before I take everything again. And then the next morning, I, I'm back to baseline. So uh, that's why I was really excited, like, okay, I'm clearly figuring out some stuff that my uh, neurologist and my primary care doc um, don't know to uh, talk to me about. So now I'm much more interested in uh, trying to spend a little bit of time uh, reading more uh, basic science, more supplement-based studies. And uh, by then I'm uh, assigned to the Institutional Review Board and I tell uh, the IRB that I want to review the brain-bladed trials. So now I'm, I'm, I'm reading more studies uh, uh, that are mostly drug studies, um, uh, occasionally a device study, uh, and getting more comfortable reading the basic science. And you know, gradually I, I'm adding more stuff. I, you know, at first I would go to my uh, primary care doc and have her add it to my med list, be sure there are no um, adverse events. And then I, I quit doing that, just like I would just tinker. And then I would uh, tell her what I was up to uh, when I uh, went in. Let me just ask you, um, first of all, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's a pretty nice cocktail design for your you know, maiden voyage in this world. So hats off to you. And I want to know, I mean, it clearly made a difference. It made a, a profound difference, but still not the impact that nutrition would later. Would you yeah. say that? Um, you know, and when I took the uh, IFM course, uh, uh, neuroprotection, uh, you had a longer list, and, and I have to admit, I no longer recall what were all the additional things uh, that I was adding. Uh, uh, probably one of them was that I switched to methylated B12 and methylated mm -hmm. folate, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, added more NAC, uh, uh, taurine, uh, lipoic acid, mm -hmm. uh, uh, magnesium. There may have also been some ribose uh, in there as well. Sure. Um, but you know, there there was about twelve. Uh, the 14 different things that I was taking. Can so, you give me a percent improvement with your, maybe your core protocol and then how you later evolved it? But, but I also want to go back so, and talk about your, so your I, I, I want to stress to everyone, supplements did not get me out of my wheelchair. Yeah, that's a the huge. Paleo diet did not get me out of the wheelchair. I was still declining, um, but I was, you know, very grateful because uh, I was declining more slowly. Uh, and, you know, it was very clear that I'd had a very rapid decline. Uh, and when I started tinkering with my supplements, I, I was pushing out um, and I was hanging on to the functions that I still had. So my, my hands were still working quite well. My brain was still working quite well. I had, you know, severe, severe fatigue. In the summer of 07, uh, I was beginning to have brain fog. You know, and that's why my chief of staff pulled me into his office to tell me that he was reassigning me to the traumatic brain injury clinic, that I would start there in January. And then he described the job. I'd be part of a multidisciplinary team. I'd be doing primary care. There'd be no residents. So I'd be doing the exams, writing the notes, doing everything myself. And as I came home and, and I described that job uh, to Jackie, she goes, you can't do that. 
I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I probably can't. Uh, and so in January, I'll go to clinic and either I can do it. Uh, and if I can't, then I have to finally apply for medical disability. Mm. And John is probably trying to force my hand. Mm. Wow. Uh, because uh, as chief of staff, you could detail me to any position. And either uh, uh, I accept the detail or uh, you resign. Wow. So I was like, okay. Uh, and then, you know, it's interesting. It's sort of like God was whispering in John's ear because uh, two weeks. So, I, you know, this is a, a distressing turn of events. Uh, and then in the next IRB packet is a study by Rich Shields who studies electrical uh, stimulation of muscles in spinal cord injury. Yeah. So I think, wow, that's really pretty interesting. So I do a quick search. There's only 212 uh, papers. So it doesn't take long to scan 212 abstracts. Do you or your patients want to harness the science-based benefits of fasting, but without having to avoid food altogether and by using real food, rather than powdered, processed meal replacements? I'm Dr. Susan Blum, longtime friend and colleague of Dr. Fitzgerald and co-founder of Organic Farmer. I've helped create a new therapeutic program called The Fast, a real food program that is 100% organic, plant-based, and free of gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and egg. Learn more at organicpharma.com. That's farmer with a P-H. Take 20% off with the discount code CARA. That's K-A-R-A. Uh, and they're mostly uh, are in athletes. A couple studies in cerebral palsy, a couple studies. Uh, uh, certainly not an MS. But, uh, you know, I convinced my physical therapist. He lets me he, I have a test session. He warns me that I, I can grow more muscles for you but I don't know that your brain can talk to the muscles I grow. And it's quite possible that we will put more muscles on your legs that you cannot use. And the few steps you can take are gonna be fewer still. Also says it's, it's gonna be painful and you have a lot of issues with uh, MS pain. And it definitely was painful. I mean, it was very painful, uh, but when it was over, I felt great after that first session are you talking first about session yeah wow. the first session uh it did wonders for my mood uh and so uh dave said well it's probably the endorphins now i've since learned that electrical stimulation also causes the release of a lot of nerve growth factor in bdnf and that was doing really great things for my mood um and so I, I added e-stim to my mat exercises. And the amount of exercises I, I could do at that time, uh, Kara, was 10 minutes. Because if I did more than 10 minutes, I, I, I couldn't function. So we got so I could do 15 minutes. Then he had me doing 15 minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, then 10 in the evening. Then I got to do 15 and 15. Uh, and then he um, told me, now, if you can do 45 minutes of electrical stimulation and you have to volitionally contract your muscles while you're stimulating them, you will grow more muscle. 
And if you volitionally contract, I think you'll be able to control those muscles. But if you just sit there and, and you know, sort of ride the current and don't have any volitional contraction, uh, I don't know that you can control the muscles. So we might be helping you um, metabolically, but we're not helping your function. So I, I was really committed to like, okay, I would do my little isometrics. Um, and, and then the other thing that Dave said was, um, you got a lot of weak muscles, Terry. However, many, however much time you can fit into your day, you can stimulate as many muscles as you can fit into your day. Wow. And my machine had two channels on it, so it was two muscles I could do at a time. Uh, and okay, I, I'm still working, I'm still working full time. So that meant I started taking my device uh, to work and I would slowly increase the amount of uh, electrical current that I was doing because I was uh, doing isometric contractions while I was at work. Uh, and if I was staffing the residence or in the traumatic brain injury clinic, I, I had to have the current be small enough that I wasn't grimacing or grunting, you know, I could have a normal conversation. If I wasn't staffing residents, if I was just in my office, I could dial up the current to as much pain as I could tolerate. So I'd have 10 seconds of high intensity and 20 seconds of no intensity where I could do some work. And then go back to 10 seconds of, you know, a very challenging level of pain. But, you know, uh, I cannot um, adequately uh, state what this was doing for my mood. Uh, that it was such a uh, profound, uh, noteworthy uh, impact. Would you prescribe this for somebody with depression? Or do you think it was because you were also, this was well, such a so fundamental I, part of recovery? But yeah, go I, ahead. Um, like many people with uh, MS, uh, uh, depression is a very common symptom. Uh, and uh, certainly I, I've struggled with depression uh, throughout uh, my adult life. Uh, and uh, this has been a very uh, useful part of my self-care routine. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm jogging now, but I still like doing ESTEM. I love doing ESTEM uh, uh, for the cognitive effects. Uh, I'll still do it uh, with some exercise and strengthening, uh, but I also love it for the uh, cognitive effects. Do I use it for my patients with depression? No. Uh, do I recommend it for people who have uh, motor deficits and they're trying to more rapidly build their muscle gains? Yes. Um, is this a, a really useful tool for people who have a spinal cord injury? Absolutely. Uh, and even for people who will never walk again because they uh, have transected their spinal cord. Uh, if you do electrical stimulation of muscles and maintain uh, the muscle mass, you can uh, greatly reduce the harm of inactivity. You can improve their uh, glucose metabolism. You can improve their lipid metabolism. So that's, I have a, I have a lot of questions. I want to, so I want to just put the story together with supplements, paleo plus e-stim. And then when you started walking and you just mentioned you were jogging, so we'll 
get to that. But before you do that, I just want you to color in what your diet was. So when you first started doing supplements, were you just, were you eating this probably like a, a standard well, American diet? I'm just curious. No, but um, <clears throat> so I've been a uh, low fat vegetarian uh, for about 20 years, uh, two years into my MS diagnosis. My neurologist uh, uh, mentioned the work of Lauren Cordane. I read his papers and said, well, uh, and it was a big decision to go back to eating meat. Mm -hmm. So I did basically what looked like the AIP diet. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, but you know, at that time, the AIP was really still focused on what to avoid. They didn't really structure on what to be eating. Um, so I, I was continuing to, to decline. Uh, and I, I realized if it takes seven years to replace your um, nervous system. And I probably had uh, 20 years of damage to my nervous system. I didn't know how long it would take for recovery to happen. So I was like, okay, at least I'm doing something. Uh, and it, it was not that I had a lot of sugar. It wasn't that I had a processed diet. Um, I was having uh, beans and rice, um, then I'm having uh, uh, more, uh, and it, it took me uh, probably about six months to reintroduce meat because that, that was a process. Yeah. Uh, and what that diet was like before I redesigned it, I can no longer tell you because I, I, I'm not really sure. But you know, when I um, had my list of uh, supplements that I was taking and I had the aha, like, okay, I wonder where they are in the food supply. Because if I go get the food that's rich in these nutrients, I'm probably getting a lot of other collateral nutrients that are, are um, cofactors uh, that are very supportive as well. Uh, and at first it was the list of, of foodstuffs that I was eating. And then when I changed my clinical practice and I wanted to teach, um, my patients how to do this in the Shrike Ranger Clinic, I had to come up with a concept that I could teach uh, very quickly and that they could remember. And when I was teaching this uh, to the residents in the resident clinic, now I have only five minutes with a patient. Again, I have to come up with a easily remember um, uh, paradigm that people could use and remember. I, and so that, that was a lot of thought like, okay, uh, what does this look like? Uh, and that's where I came down to, th you know, three cups of greens, three cups of sulfur rich in the cabbage, onion, mushroom family, and three cups of deeply colored, uh, particularly blue, purple, black. Uh, and then um, we did have committed vegetarians. So I had to figure out, okay, uh, if, you're, if you're a vegetarian for your spiritual beliefs, well, what does that mean? And how can we help those people uh, recover as well? And, and I mean, I, I want to be very clear that my, my residents were so impressed at how effective I was at getting the, the veterans to radically change their diet. Uh, and this, and I impressed on the residents that residents know, the patients know when you're speaking from experience versus yeah. theory. So if you're talking about 
um, how to improve uh, diet uh, and physical activity from your experience in your health transformation. They'll be curious and they'll be much more willing to try. Uh, and then if you tell them, okay, um, start with the, an easy to achieve next step, uh, pick your start date. Uh, adding is way easier than subtracting. So I recommend you start with the additions first uh, and then uh, work on what it is that you're going to reduce and then eliminate. And if you can do this as a family, uh, you'll be more successful. Uh, and then the next question is, you've been struggling for, and I look at the chart for however many years or decades they've had with the uh, main problem and it's not been working out. So when you're ready, think of this as an experiment and you can decide that you wanna give it three months or a month or two weeks. Uh, and um, I'd say about half my uh, bets uh, in the traumatic brain injury clinic would uh, make these big changes. And then I'd see them back and six months later, they'd come back and say, well, it was pretty amazing. You know, it, it's easier to get along uh, with my family. Um, uh, it's easier to get along uh, at work. Uh, and if I eat that junk, uh, my headaches are back. So. I'm, eat, I'm eating your diet, Doc. <laughs> uh, but um, in my residents, uh, they'd be very funny. They, they'd say like, I can't wait to see how you're gonna uh, uh, deal with Joe or Jane um, because, you know, they're, they're pretty set in the standard American diet. Uh, and uh, they'd come, you know, I'd uh, um, have a brief conversation uh, and very often the vet's like, okay, I'll give it two weeks. Yeah. Like, okay, give it two weeks and see <laughs> what happens. Great. It's your authenticity and it's that you're coming from a place of, you know, of truth and, and your experience and there's a lack of judgment. I mean, there's just, you know, all the ingredients that make you. Yeah, you know, it, a... it, and I acknowledge that I, I, I get this may not be the right time for you that get stuff going on at home. And so uh, if it's not, that's fine. Yeah. Pick a time when you think it, you could be successful. A um, couple of thoughts that I have. One, I just want to say um, it popped into my head just, again, thinking about the E-STEM and the fact that it increases BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is extraordinary. So in my work in looking at epigenetics, we see hypermethylation of brain-derived neurotropic factor. So the, the, so the gene is inhibited. It's hypermethylated and shut down in depression and PTSD and you know, in conditions that are present in vets, you're in the VA, as well as, of course, in MS. And I'm just, I'm, I, I'm curious, I'm just musing, you know, what E-STEM, what the influence of E-STEM could be. There was an interesting study in vets with PTSD that showed cognitive behavioral therapy actually changed, um, changed a, a, a PTSD-associated hypermethylated gene, and it, but it wasn't BDNF, it was a, it was a cortisol-associated um, uh, hypermethylated gene, but nonetheless, it was just cognitive behavioral therapy made a difference. And I bet, I just bet E-STEM would. So just as an oh, I, I, I bet it would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, of course the diet intervention I'm, I'm sure does as well as the supplements, but so, all right. So you layered in, you started with the supplements and you were eating a, a diet that so, would have so been. I, I started with changing my diet. Oh, you did. You did the, Remember, you did paleo the, the, then the, supplement. I, I did paleo first, then I did supplements. And so the paleo community wants to say that paleo got me out of the wheelchair. 
The supplement community wants to say uh, the supplements got me out of the wheelchair. The ESTEM want to say that uh, that was enough to get me out of the wheelchair. I had to do all of it. I mean, I, I was profoundly disabled. Yeah. I, and so uh, it, it's it, it's helpful. And the more of the components that you can do, the more of the dose you can do, uh, the more rapid recovery can be. And then, and then people will ask, okay, so has anyone else gone from your level of disability to, to you know, jogging? We, certainly in my clinical trials, we have some amazing videos of people who had uh, remarkable uh, improvements. Um, you, you aren't gonna get out of a wheelchair to jogging or walking without a lot of work. Uh, and the more severe the disability, the more work uh, that's going to be required. We still, though, found people uh, who uh, one lady took 126 seconds to get up out of a wheelchair, walk eight feet, turn around and come back and sit in her wheelchair. At the end of a year, she could do that task. She still needed her walker, but she could do it in 43 seconds. Uh, another uh, lady who uh, um, had primary progressive MS, profound disability, it took her 21 seconds to, to make that task. In just three months, she's down to 15 seconds, doesn't need a walker anymore, and her fatigue is dramatically less. And by the end of the year, her, her fatigue is completely gone. Uh, now, she still... Um, is you know, and I ran into my primary progressive patient um, when I was because I still travel state recruiting patients, and you know she's standing up, telling everyone, you know, it, it's ten years since I was in Dr. Wall's study. If I was hadn't met her, I would be bedridden or dead. And I'm I'm playing in the senior center uh, polka band. Uh, and she's doing the polkas. And if I stop doing the diet or I begin cheating on the diet, I can't function. It's, it's sort of like uh, you're at a revival meeting uh, and my, form, my uh, previous study participants will stand up and they're sort of witnessing to the crowd. Do you have a video of that? That would just be really amazing if they were open to allowing allowing them to themselves to be filmed. It would just it would really be pretty powerful. Yeah, it would be. Um, just quick, you know, thinking about your history, your timeline, experiencing concussions in Taekwondo when you were very young, before the onset of MS, and just mm -hmm. following an extremely low fat diet. I mean, those were are things um, that you would. Like in, in somebody who may have a family history of, of MS or another um, neurodegenerative uh, potential? I mean, would, would both of these be avoided? Well, you know, it's sort of interesting. Um, there, there are studies that suggest a low-fat diet uh, can be helpful. Now, it will, because it's the ratio omega-3 to omega-6, uh, that yeah. is also important, uh, uh, not just the uh, total dose. So it, it's possible to do low fat and, and do okay. 
Um, but you need to have enough total cholesterol to make all of your hormones. Uh, so I, I, I just want to have the caveat that diet is uh, really complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the key thing is got to get rid of the sugar, the processed foods. Uh, we need uh, probably a lower carb diet, uh, plenty of protein. Um, uh, everyone, everyone knows that um, what I study are the ketogenic diet and the paleo diet, and, and I've been uh, very pleased with that. Um, we're writing grants now to also study uh, the Mediterranean diet. Hey there, listeners. It's your host, Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. I have a question for you. How much time do you spend ordering functional lab tests for your patients? I bet it's a lot. Ordering from multiple lab companies for hundreds of patients can quickly turn into hours of admin time. But there's a new way to order lab tests I'm excited to share with you. Rupa Health is a tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal. You can order all the tests you normally do from companies like Dutch, Vibrant, Genova, and Great Plains, and so many more. Imagine you're ordering a hormone panel for a patient that includes tests from three different labs. You have to log onto three different websites, place separate orders, come back weeks later to check on tracking numbers, download results, et cetera, et cetera. Rupa eliminates all of that by having all ordering, tracking results in a single place, and they also order, handle invoicing, uh, tracking shipments, automated follow-ups, personalized instructions for completing tests, and much more. The best part about Rupa is that it is free for you. Go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com, and join a live demo or sign up to see how it works. Now let's get back to today's show. For your patient, I think you have to find out if your patient is emotionally committed to a low fat um, for, and they may have a family history of heart disease, they may have had their parents have early heart attacks and strokes, and so uh, they are more comfortable with a low-fat diet. Then you have to really work on their ratios. Know their omega-6, omega-3 uh, ratios. Uh, know their uh, total cholesterol. Be sure that they have enough fat. Yeah. Uh, and if they're going to do low-fat, uh, we, have, well, we want to help them do it as safely as possible. What is an optimal ratio? Uh, Six four. To three. Okay. Four to and, one. And, 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 Correct, four to one. Uh, and I want the total cholesterol uh, preferably to be uh, 200. Okay, okay. So four to ones, that's omega sixes to omega threes, which Correct. is, which is, which is, which is achievable. That's not a, that's, you, that's you, you can do that uh, with a, a low fat diet. Um, we want to be sure that the total cholesterol is um, at least, um, at least 170, preferably 200. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I really appreciate you spending time, a lot of time on the background. Let's, um, so it was the combination of all of them, but you got up, you were out of your wheelchair when you added in the yeah, e you know, for a certain period. So I added the e-stim. Uh, I was maybe get, getting uh, a little bit better. I was beginning to uh, sit up a little more easily. Uh, and then I redesigned my diet and it's very intentional way. And then at uh, four weeks into that, it's clear that my uh, brain fog is less, my energy is better. And my physical therapist says, Tara, I think you're getting stronger. I'm going to advance your exercises. And he gives me these little, little tiny weights, you know, like one, one pound weights. 
and we advance my exercises. Uh, and I am the speed of my recovery. And now I'm I'm able to do a little more e-stem. Uh, I'm getting sessions in the morning, sessions in the afternoon. I'm beginning to add a little e-stem at work. So I'm slowly increasing my e-stem dose. Uh, and I begin walking. Yeah, so people at the hospital are like, oh my God, Dr. Walls, you're, you're walking. Uh, and then um, I decide I want to try riding my bike. And we have this emergency family meeting. Uh, and uh, Jackie tells my 16-year-old boy, six foot five, you know, big strapping football player, uh, and my 13-year-old daughter, uh, they'll run on either side of me and she'll follow. Uh, and I bike around the block. And that big 16-year-old boy, he's crying. The 13-year-old uh, daughter, she's crying. Jackie's crying. I'm crying. You know what? I, I get emotional talking about that now because when you have a progressive neurologic disorder, one of the things that you do is you, you let go of the future. You, you learn to take each day as it unfolds. So even though I'd been walking around the block, I'd been walking around the hospital. I let go of the future, and I didn't know what any of that meant uh, until I rode my bike around the block. And that's when I understood that the current understanding of MS was incomplete, and who knew how much recovery might be possible. Uh, and then um, a few months later, Jackie signs me up for the Courage Ride, which is 18.5 miles. And you know when I I had to take a few breaks while we were biking because that, that was a big jump because I had been up to eight miles. So I was going from eight to 18, um, but I, I crossed the finish line. So once again, everybody's crying. Uh, and it, that really changes how I think about disease and health and changes the way I practice medicine. And it will change uh, the research that I do. So it's such an extraordinary story. When was that? When did you do that? So that was uh, the fall of uh, 08. So in October of 07, I cannot sit up. I'm having brain fog. And I'm thinking like, okay, I'm finally gonna have to take medical retirement. It's, it's clear I'm on track to become bedridden, demented, and probably die with intractable pain. One year later, I do this 18.5 mile bike ride and my uh, chief, chief of medicine at the university uh, calls me into his office and says, you know, I want you to get a case report written up. I go like, on me? I said, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so I start working on that. Then he calls me back and says, and I want you to write up the protocol uh, and to do a safety and feasibility study to see if others with progressive MS uh, can implement your program. And then we'll see, do we hurt anyone and what the effect size is uh, in that uh, line. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not the kind of research that I do. It goes, I'll get you the mentors. That's the kind of research you're doing now. <laughs> uh, so I saluted. And uh, of course, I, uh, that launched everything. So yeah. we, we, we've done seven trials. Um, I'm in my eighth trial now. We've published 24 papers uh, out of those uh, seven trials. Uh, I've got, you know, probably another six that will come out uh, uh, in 2023. Uh, and, you know, when I first started talking uh, uh, 
at the local organic grocer and the local churches and then the community colleges. Um, I, I was banned as a speaker. I was condemned uh, for creating false hope, for having a, a dangerous message. But you know, we've made a lot of progress. I, I go to these MS meetings. Uh, uh, the neurologists are now stopping me saying, you know, can, can I get a picture with, with you? Uh, my, my patients would, would really uh, value that. Um, my team is um, uh, presenting. Um, we have posters. We do oral presentations. And now more and more people are agreeing that diet really matters, that exercise matters, that my, my, my message is that you got to fix the diet, uh, that adding meditation or mindfulness strategy would be really helpful in uh, asking uh, the patients to work with physical therapy to ensure uh, lifestyle physical activity and exercise uh, is really very helpful. So what had been so dangerous is moving, we're getting closer towards that being embraced as uh, uh, appropriate care. Uh, and, and I predict in, in another five years, uh, it would be considered malpractice to not be talking to your MS and neuroimmune patients about those things. Incredible. God, what a revolution. We, we have, um, my uh, team did a network meta-analysis um, uh, looking at all the diet studies. Yes. Good. I was going to ask that. And um, I, I can't tell you what we found yet because uh, it, we submitted it to neurology. Neurology accepted it. There is a um, editorial. Uh, uh, my postdoc was uh, interviewed uh, for their podcast. I, and I, I don't quite, we're still waiting on the page proof. So hopefully that will all be coming uh, out very soon. The momentum is continuing to build that diet really matters, that there are uh, a number of diets that have some very exciting and interesting research behind them. We've known for a long time, exercise matters. Uh, and we've known for a long time that uh, meditation and mindfulness is helpful. And I had this crazy wild ass idea that you ought to, if you have a terrible disease and you're disabled, you ought to be doing everything. Or at least everything that you, that you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and so we, you know, we're still uh, writing grants. We're, we're working on another grant uh, for progressive MS. And I keep submitting these proposals. Um, and I keep wanting to do multimodal interventions uh, and reviewers who, are, who grow up doing drug studies that can look at one molecular pathway, don't like my multimodal interventions. And so my, my uh, team and I uh, debate, we, we do some single uh, um, interventions, uh, which is why I've done so many diet studies, uh, but I, I keep submitting proposals to do uh, diet and exercise or diet and multimodal, uh, because if you want to recover function, then yeah. you want to support the network uh, as comprehensively as you can. Amen. Yeah, mic drop. Um, just a just a couple more questions. I know we're just we're at we're at time here. Any is it, would you say diet the optimal diet is somewhat individualized or is there well, is there of one diet? It's going to be. There'll never be one diet that works for everybody. Is there? Because, some, is, 
is there some is, is there a certain eating pattern that got a little more well light? of of course you know the modified paleo diet um, uh, very helpful Mediterranean diet uh, can also be helpful ketogenic diets uh, can be helpful would an intermittent fasting diet that's well structured be helpful um, yes fasting patterns maybe uh, th that evidence is not quite so clear the one diet that's terrible is the standard American diet and before before you uh, send me on my way uh, I have to tell people about my study efficacy yes. of diet and quality of life we're looking for people um, age 18 to 70 with relapse intermittent multiple sclerosis who are willing to be randomized. You'll have to come to Iowa at baseline month three and month 24. Our primary outcome is uh, quality of life. However, um, another really, really interesting hypothesis is relates to brain volume loss. Because if you have MS, the rate of brain volume loss is three times as fast as occurs in healthy aging. Sort of a bummer. I'm hypothesizing that if you approve your diet, whether it's the keto diet or the modified paleo diet, or if you're in the usual diet army and you follow our tips to improve your diet, we can get you to healthy aging rates of brain volume loss. I, and I, I fully, because people who enroll in dietary intervention studies enroll because they want to improve their diet and they're willing to do so. Now the intervention arm gets a little more support. The usual diet arm will just get a monthly uh, tip sheet from us. But if they follow those tips, they'll improve their diet and their brain volume loss will look like healthy aging as well. I fully anticipate everyone will improve. Uh, will they all improve the same? Uh, that we don't know. Uh, which diet will be better, uh, paleo or keto? Uh, I don't know. Um, paleo is probably easier. Uh, keto um, uh, uh, it's a little more a little more challenging, um, but tremendous health benefits for both of those uh, diet patterns. And following our tips. That'd uh, be really helpful for people in the usual diet arm. Any any new interventions, anything on the in the coming down the pike that you're paying close attention to? You developed your core plan um, over really over a decade ago now. Yeah. And you've been tweaking it a little. Right, right. But, so but, we we keep uh, tweaking it. So every time I do a clinical trial, um, uh, we make some uh, minor adjustments. So uh, the intervention diet uh, is not the same diet that's described in my book. It's uh, been tweaked a little bit. Uh, supplements are a little bit different than what we have uh, in, uh, in my book. Uh, so, you know, my plan is to always keep learning, keep tweaking. You know, my plan is to live to 120, still doing research, still um, teaching the medical students, still uh, teaching the new uh, postdocs and hopefully uh, playing uh, and uh, in my garden uh, and picking berries with the little people in my life. And um, that's beautiful and posting it on social. It's always fun to see your, see your meals on social. <laughs> now, when are we going to learn these tweaks? Like where, where will these tweaks be available or are they available? Well, uh, the best place to do that is to be in my clinical trials, then you get to really yeah. learn those tweaks. So uh, come be in the trials. Uh, and then, you know, the question is, uh, will I write uh, another 
uh, book, you know, uh, maybe. I, I am doing a uh, MS Summit uh, this summer. Uh, and so um, we'll hear, you hear some of those uh, tweaks then. Uh, and uh, we've created a remyelination course. Uh, I recorded the first six modules uh, this summer and I'll record the next six modules. Uh, um, I think my team has that uh, slated for uh, January. And actually, I, you know, I'm really stoked about that remyelination course. Um, uh, that is uh, phenomenal. Uh, the first six uh, has to do more with the interventions. The next six modules has, has to do with assessing uh, where you're at uh, and then, you know, the science of how we actually implement all the stuff that, that I'm teaching you to do. Because these concepts don't, you do, don't do you one bit of good if you can't implement them if uh, you don't know how to interpret them in the context of your circumstances. For folks to find you, it's just terrywells.com, right? Or excuse me, is it Dr. just terrywells.com? Terrywells.com. And then for uh, Instagram, it's drterrywells.com. We will list everything in the show notes, folks, so that you have no trouble finding Dr. Walls and her extraordinary work. Once again, Terry, uh, just again, we're thrilled to have you on New Frontiers. Thank you so much. Uh, please screen, uh, please see if you could be part of our study. If you have progressive MS screen, because we will be starting a progressive MS study uh, probably uh, in about nine months. Fabulous. We'll post, we'll post the details. Okay. Ciao, ciao. As always, thank you for listening to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine where our sponsors help bring the very best minds in functional medicine, and today is no exception. Not everyone can be a sponsor on my platform, and I so appreciate the good work, the relentless research, and the generous support from my friends at Biotics and Integrative Therapeutics. These are brands I know and trust in my own clinic and can confidently recommend them to you. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com and integrativepro.com, and please tell them you learned about them on New Frontiers. If it's not too much to ask, I would appreciate a thumbs up and a kind review wherever you're listening to New Frontiers. Thanks.